Hello and welcome to another episode of Cardigan Files. You're joined once again with Jasmine and Dana. This podcast is going to be a little different from our first one. Dana is going to talk about one of Playfit Area's little known treasured stories. Over to you, Dana. Yeah, so today I want to talk about, I guess, an urban legend of Playford. So the story is about the elephant of Smithfield. Um, but I am discovering how more widely known the story is. I keep meeting people and when you say you work at Playford, they, they actually know this story. So... But they probably don't know the full story, so we're going to share the full story with you today. It's about the the elephant of Smithfield, and I'm going to refer to him as Tommy, Tommy the Elephant. Although, in actual fact, he had two names. So he was first known as Jumbo, and then later as Tommy. But I kind of like Tommy better, so yes. I'm just going to call him Tommy, okay? Tommy's better. Yeah. So, in Australia, we're going, we're talking now about 1850s, so a while ago, a bit, you know, a bit before my time, and a bit before your time too, Jasmine. Yes. When elephants, not that they're a common sight now in Australia, but they would have been really uncommon back in 1850. And this is a story about two elephants that came to Australia and they would have been the first or if not the first, the, some of the very early elephants to actually come. So these two elephants, one was a male and one was a female. Oh, there was two? I didn't know that. I yeah. They actually came from India and they came aboard a ship called the Royal Saxon. Now, the ship actually came to Hobart so that's where it docked and the two elephants got off there. Now one of the elephants, which is the female one, travelled to Sydney, we mm. believe, and the other one went, um, stayed in Hobart for a time. So you might think, well, why did they have an elephant on board? Yeah. Well, it wasn't actually just an elephant. On board they also had some African bears, they had some Arab horses as well so it was importing exotic animals for Australia. Is that because they were you know like oh here's an elephant you've never seen an elephant before and mm-hmm. you know the um, exotic nature of it is that and yeah um, I guess it was you know a marketing ploy to it really was a marketing ploy to get people to come to a business And what better way to do that by showcasing exotic animals? Come to the library, we have an iguana. Well, we could probably do better than that. Yeah, (laughs) but yeah, something like that. So this was, you know, we are talking 1850s, so this is probably the most way out thing that people could come up with. Um, So he, Tommy stayed at... um, a hotel in Hobart for a while and he was actually 
put on display there. So people were actually charged to go and see him. And it was quite common to have these exotic animals attached to hotels. So people would come for a drink and then go out the back to sort of see their zoo, have a look at the elephant, and then have a look at the other exotic animals. So it was a draw card for businesses. So we know that Tommy went back from Hobart to Melbourne and there are some records that say that he was actually put in a circus and we believe it was the Nobel Circus that was housed in Burke Street um, and it was later renamed the Sale de Valentino. The proprietor of that was actually James Ellis and he had started the Cremorne Hotel in London. Oh, the Cremorne Garden, sorry, not the hotel. And James Ellis came to Melbourne and recreated that gardens here. He had obviously got into a bit financial trouble and he thought that coming to Australia, New Start, recreating that those gardens would actually you know, be a great business venture. Um, but the it looks like the circus part did not go down very well in Melbourne. Um, some of it, be, I mean, it was they did say Burke Street, which is pretty much in the city. Yeah, main one of the main streets. Yeah, but they said that was it was too far for people to come. So I don't understand that. People bit. are lazy. Yeah. And also, yeah, that it didn't really draw the audiences that they were after. Is that because it was not seen as exciting anymore? Or do you know the reason? No, or? I think it was so much for that. So in these Cremorne Gardens, um, they had a lot of other exotic animals. So they did have lions, monkeys, parakeets, assortment of Australian animals... Um, and they also had, which I thought was kind of nice, some Hindu dance by a native professor. Although, so that just, you can imagine that. Mm -hmm. An orchestra and a ballet company. Was it a refined place to go or was it a family? It would have been a family place, yeah, to go. Oh, so this was actually, so I should say, James Ellis was probably, he may have resided in Burke Street. So the actual gardens was on the banks of the Yarra River at Mitch, uh, Richmond. So it's probably... Oh, a bit, way, a bit of a way away. Yeah. So it was, yeah, he went bankrupt, of course, because of that. They said Melbourne's weather wasn't very good. Oh, well, we all know that, don't we? <laughs> So people wouldn't go out, um, and also on the weekends, with Sunday being a church day, yes. people wouldn't venture out. No. Um, so he actually sold Tommy again. Now, there is a reference that Tommy went to the Victorian goldfields, but oh. couldn't actually find any evidence of that, but that's written in the story. Yep. So I'm not quite too sure of that, but we do know... That in 1852, Tommy was put on a barge, another ship, and brought to Adelaide. Um, he was brought on the ship, the Louisa, and they actually list the cargo in the newspaper. So it has 
The Louisa at this time had 67 chests of tea, three kegs of nails, two cases of cigars, ten kegs, and one elephant. <laughs> so he appeared on the actual... Registrar. <laughs> register. Register. Now, Tommy, you know, we're talking... So Tommy was a young elephant, and I guess being a young elephant... Well, a young person, I was, he was quite mischievous, so he got up oh. to a bit of trouble. Um, he actually liked sweets, and there's one story of him being on the ship where he actually pinned someone down oh. at night. Tommy! Yeah, so he could get into the man's pocket because the man had sweets. So I think they were lucky to, you know, dock in Adelaide and Mm. actually get the elephant off. Get that elephant out of here! Yeah. So when Tommy arrived, there was, you know, a lot of um, attention around him. Um, It brought lots of families to, to see him when he arrived at Port Adelaide. Yeah, because, I, I mean, even nowadays, I still think, you know, what what would it be like to see an elephant outside a zoo? It'd be cool. <laughs> and interesting enough, Tommy then went to the Cremorne Hotel. That's what I was getting mixed up. So, um, the Cremorne Hotel at Unley, hmm. so, which actually still exists. It's on Unley Road. Oh, wow. And I know that they did have, um, they did have the elephant as part of their logo. Okay. I don't know if they still do now. Don't know. But it has been, you know, redeveloped and changed quite a bit Since over time. Yeah. Nearly twenty two hundred years. Yeah. So, the Cremorne then was owned by Thomas Bentley. And he had actually set up a small zoo in the back of, of the, the hotel. hotel in Unley. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, as you do. Yeah. Yeah. So they also had a monkey, an emu, kangaroo and some parrots. So, you know, instead of nowadays mum and dad going, I'll go play on the inside gym, it was like, oh, go have a look outside at the elephant. <laughs> oh, gosh. So Tommy... Because of his age, I think he was a bit naughty, to say the least. And um, so people did actually try to ride him, which he didn't like. So he did actually throw them off his back. Um, Then there was a time when there were labourers working on site and Tommy actually, in his trunk, pulled up like wet plaster and then sprayed it all over these workers. Oh my gosh, he should have had his own comedy show. He should have. That Actually, that would have been really good. So he was only five at that time. Oh, it's like a baby. And I thought, elephants live like a human life. So yeah, he was like a baby. Yeah. So for him, it was just, you know, a bit of fun. But of course, Mr. Thomas didn't think it was quite fun. And I guess they tried to keep him under control. Mm. And he, Thomas actually ended up on charges of animal cruelty. Oh, God. I don't think it was that severe, but still, I mean, trying to keep an elephant 
in Unley, which is yeah. well known as a spacious area. Yeah, and it, it's not like Thomas probably knew how to keep an elephant. No, it's not something that you know even today how yeah. to look after an elephant. I don't think we have a, a book in the library, How to Look After Your Pet Elephant. No, we probably should though, you know, no. along with your exotic pets. Yes. All the other exotic your pets. Your iguana. Yeah. So Thomas got into a bit of trouble and decided, ah, oh, it's not worth it. He's, you know, it's just not worth the effort. So yes. he sold Tommy. Was it common in those days to have, um, to be charged with animal cruelty? I don't know. That's a question. Yeah. Well, so I do think the rights of animals have progressed since yes, then. Yes, because, you know, back in the 1800s, especially even the late 1800s, it was still seen as common to have uh, circuses that come to town with, with different yep. animals and to whip them and to ride them and do all those kind That's of things, right. which is a bit poo-pooed now. So being charged for animal cruelty... Like, I don't want to think that something bad happened to Tommy, but no, it wasn't. I don't think it was bad. It was just more that it was too Un- much unmanageable. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah. Right then. So this is where the connection to Smithfield or the play- Playford come in. Mm. So Thomas Bentley sold him, sold him to John Smith. I thought it was John Smith. Yeah. I continue. So John Smith, great distinctive name yes <laughs> very, very unusual yeah so john smith is the he was a very large land owner and i guess established the area that we now call smithfield mm-hmm. so now it's a suburb but in the 1850s it was actually a town it was actually smithsfield yeah yeah so he he Owned all the land in the area. He um, built the Smithfield pub, yep. which still stands. Yes, it does. Yep. And John Smith owned land that bordered Main North Road. Yes. So he was a wealthy landowner, and he actually set out the design of Smithfield. Oh, the little township. Yeah. So it's not noticeable um, on, you know on the ground but if Mm. you look at it from a bird's eye view Mm. it's actually set out in a grid so in the centre very much like Adelaide it Mm. was a planned little township Mm -hmm. so in the centre they had a square which they called Augusta Square Mm -hmm. and then off the square they had um, streets and that's where the first settlement of Smithfield grew from where did John Smith get his money if he was such a wealthy man Where where did it all come from well, farming, really. Oh, he okay. did. Oh, John Smith is another story in itself. He was a fascinating man. That For another time. <laughs> yeah. Podcast number two, three. Yes. Three, maybe. Anyway, well, yes. So, but he, yeah, he just purchased land, kept purchasing land, and he did own a lot of this area. And I guess, you know, in 1852, he could afford an elephant. So I'm not sure why John Smith bought an elephant, but, you know, maybe he had too much money and didn't know yes. what to do with it. Yes. So he was like, ooh. Midlife crisis, maybe. Yeah. Instead of having a Ferrari back in those <laughs> yeah. days, you buy an elephant. That's right. Could be, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
But the idea was that John Smith, um, I think he was also a very practical man. He was Scottish, so... Oh, cheap. I shouldn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> he was cautious with his money, let's yes. say. Um, I take that back, any Scottish listeners. <laughs> that Tommy would be used for work, so... He wasn't going to be on display this time. He was actually going to be a work animal. A work elephant. Yep. So it's recorded that Tommy um, was used... They actually constructed, like, a a harness for him so he could plough fields. Are there photos of that, Dana? No. Oh. So we're talking 1850, so it was really just the start of photography. Okay. So it's too early for any of that. Now, there are some stories that... Uh, Tommy was also used to change the path of Smith's Creek oh. to, to, of course, suit the needs of John Smith, yes. which upset other owners because yes. then they didn't get the water. water. But that, that's another story. Right. Um, he was also used to draw water from a well. So the route, uh, you know, where Smithfield is now is still like a perfect line from here you know, Adelaide to Gawler. Yes. So people would stop at Smithfield to refresh mm. and Tommy was used to draw water from the well for to you know, water the horses that were oh, stopping that's there. Cool. Would you like a glass of water with some elephant germs? <laughs> yeah. So one newspaper actually mentions Tommy and it talks about Smith's new agricultural labourer. And it describes him as combining the strength of an ox with the docility of a lamb. So I really like that oh, sort of picture of yes. him. That, you know, he was a big, gentle giant. Yes. That's, yeah, that's how I picture him. Certainly has personality. He seems like he has he had personality. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah. The amount of trouble he got into, he did. So... I guess, you know, well and good that he has this elephant and the the only thing, you know, Smith was not too happy was that, you know, he was strong but he was slow. Mm. And the, it was the slowness that I, you know, that finally made John sell him. <gasps> I didn't know that he... Okay, continue. I didn't know this. Yeah, I, don't, I should actually find out how much he went for, how much... You know, how much would it cost to have an elephant? Wow. Yeah, that, that's a good thing. I should follow that one up. So <coughs> Tommy was then sold to Charles Matthews, and he was the licensee of the Jeps Cross Hotel. Oh, wait, here we go. So he then he was sold, this is in late 1855, so mm-hmm. he was at Smithfield for about six months. Yes. That's not very long. No, not very long. Right. And he was sold for £300. Whoa, back in those days, that, that was a lot of money, that wasn't was it? That was a lot of money, yes. yeah. And it was at this time that Matthew Matthews actually changed the name from Jumbo to Tommy. Yes. So, but yeah, as I said, Tommy's a much nicer name, so we'll keep calling him Tommy. And again, Tommy was used as a draw card for patrons, but he also had um, like a... Um, gee, what would you call it? He was all, you know, also had like a, almost like a cage built that could go on top of it. Right. 
where people could sit. Right. So he was used to give rides to anyone who wanted to pay and have right. a ride on an elephant. I don't think this is going to end very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, Especially if you had any lollies in your pocket. No. So he was again ploughing fields and he was helping dislodge any bog bogged vehicles. Um, there were actually log pulling races uh, from Tommy uh, against Bullocks, um, which it's said to have earned the, earned the owner a lot of money. Mm. So I guess Tommy won those. Um, and it's also kind of recorded that Tommy would come to the hotel every lunch where he'd get a few gallons of beer slops and a loaf of bread. <sighs> Which, you know, Tommy, I'm sure, loved, but was probably not no. a great diet that for an elephant. That would not be in How to Keep a Pet no. Elephant. I'm sure that's not in the keto diet. No, no. <laughs> and he would get five bales of hay. Um, now, in 1857, Tommy was then contracted mm. to the South Australian Railways Commission. So he was actually then used to build the Adelaide to Gawler railway line. Oh, wow. And what were you today? The metro line? Yeah. Really? Yeah. An elephant made that? Yeah. Or Or helped it. So Charles Matthews, I guess, was the most enterprising of Tommy's owners. He actually used him for, you know, a bit of showing off and a bit of fun and a bit of work. Um... So, yeah, very interesting. It's like, yeah, how many jobs can you get an elephant to do? <laughs> but anyway, now there is actually a memory of Tommy that's recorded in a book. And this book was, it's called Caleb, 1849 to 1926 by Thomas Hoskins, uh, Paul Hoskins, sorry. And in this book, it, you know, Paul was actually recording or not Paul, but it's memories of a particular person. Mm. So one of the entries reads that on his seventh birthday in 1856, it was his request that they go and see Tommy, the Asian elephant that lived three miles from us at the Jeps Cross Hotel. So he had actually seen him earlier at the Royal Show when there was a walking race between Tommy and a horse mm-hmm. which Tommy actually won that one. Oh wow Surprising. yeah but it goes the first time I saw Tommy was when he was sold to the Smith's owners of Smith's Hotel at Smith's Creek near Smithfield now that is a great tongue twister yes how many Smith's can Smith's Smith, Smith, Smith? <laughs> The elephant had walked the 30 miles from Adelaide to Smithfield along the main north road, had a great following of hangers-on and curious onlookers, including my family, as he passed by the Windmill Hotel. And, you know, I always picture that scene, just thinking, yes, even now I would definitely stop if I saw an elephant walking down the road. Yes. So I can imagine 150 years ago that... It would have drawn big crowds. Yes. Yeah. The double takes. Yeah. What? An elephant in Adelaide? 
oh, and how many selfie shots would he have got today? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Fortunately, well, unfortunately, it was pre-selfie. Pre-selfie so, times. Yeah. So, Tommy, so now we're talking about 1858, and on one night, he was actually left outside without shelter, and he got sick and died. Oh. I know, so it's quite sad, and he was only nine years old at that time so I was really young for the beer and yeah but bread I, you know just nowadays it would never happen that you get some you know I can imagine getting a lion and going well I'll just feed you cat food you're just a big cat so I can imagine that people didn't know how no. to look after an elephant no so it's not kind of surprising that Tommy didn't live yeah. a long life no. Um, but it is very sad. Now, legend kind of says that he was, uh, the tusk and his hide went back to England and that he's buried in a field nearby the Jeps Cross Hotel. Whoa. Yeah, which I would love someone to find one day. Going to renovate my house and find some (laughs) elephant bones. Yeah. But I love this part of the story. The the Gawler Bunyip recorded Tommy's story much later and they actually changed the ending. So he didn't die. He actually ran off and joined a circus. (laughs) Anything to sell newspapers, right? So, yeah, I I really like that ending. I think, you know, we'll probably stick with that. Yes. He he did live a long... Long and happy life. in playing around in the circus. John's now, I guess the other part of the legend, so people have heard about Tommy the Elephant. Yes. And there's a building on Main North Road Mm. that you can still see today as you drive towards Gawler and it's an old barn in the paddock. Yes. And people refer to that as the elephant barn or the elephant house. I drive past that every day. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of people see it and they know it as the elephant barn. They oh. might not know the story, but it's always referred to as that, the elephant barn. And the legend is that that's the barn that John Smith owned that had Tommy, that's where he lived when he was here. Oh, wow. Although when you look at it a bit deeper and you actually have a good look at the barn itself, you realise that an elephant probably couldn't fit. No. So another memory that was recorded was that Tommy was actually tied up. Um, you know, there was a chain around his one of his legs and he was chained to a tree each night. And that's probably the truth that he was outside the stable. Mm. He would have, yeah, in that area, but he didn't actually live in the stable as people seem to think. So Tommy, the story of Tommy and its connection with Playford is, I think, well recorded. And even kids now know about Tommy the Elephant. At the Smith's Creek School, which is in Anderson Walks, although it's no longer a school, but that was built around that same time. And they used to have the the elephant as its logo. Mm. So, And even driving out... You know, from Smithfield, I've even noticed 
a picture of an elephant painted on a stoby pole. And we have now what we call the elephant uh, walk. Yeah, the walk mm. along Smith's Creek at mm. Smithfield. So we have remembered Tommy in particular ways. And of course, the tusk sculpture that is now at the Smithfield train station. Oh, yes. Yeah, so that's based on, well, I guess the, the idea for that came from Tommy, Tommy the elephant. Aww. So we have remembered Tommy in many ways, which I think is great. Um, and interesting that, you know, even after Tommy died, it was 25 years before another elephant was seen in Adelaide. Wow. Yeah, and that was, that was Miss Siam uh, at the Adelaide Zoo. Mm. So thankfully there wasn't an influx of these elephants used for agricultural <laughs> labour. Um, you know, they did keep it to a minimum. Yes. But I still think it's the most amazing story that, you know, having an elephant work for you and live on your farm just would have been incredible back then. And even now, yes, you certainly would remember mm. the story of Tommy. Betsy having those thoughts, though, you know what this farm, farm needs? It needs an <laughs> elephant. <laughs> Well, I don't know if that's quite what John Smith thought at first, but he, you know, he probably saw, "Oh, there's an elephant for sale. Oh, I should get that." Fancy having that uh, conversation around the dinner table. Did he have a wife, John Smith? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to buy an elephant. I'm sure his wife thought he was nuts. <laughs> Come on. Well, he's not. She's not sleeping inside. Yes. Yeah. It's mess outside of the house. Yeah. So the story of Tommy lives on. We're yet to see what happens to the barn that's still standing in the field. Although the field's getting smaller and smaller yes. around it, but it will, you know, hopefully it is heritage listed, so hopefully it will stay. It has mm. been repaired, mm. um, but as yet, it'd be great to actually have some, see it used in some way that brings memory to Tommy. Yes. Is there any places uh, on Playford's past that people can have a look for more information about Tommy? Yeah, so the story of Tommy is on our website on Recollect, Playford's past Recollects, and you can go on there and read more about him, and certainly more about John Smith and his story. Yeah, he was a very interesting man, very enterprising man, John Smith. And if you'd like any more information, we might do a special John Smith podcast. Yeah. There you go. Okay, join us next time where we'll be reviewing um, some books and talking about what we're currently reading. Bye. Say bye, David. Bye. <laughs>